0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach, episode number 69. Today is November 11th. I hope you are having a good start to the fall into that second marking period. Today, we've got a great guest online. He is the co-host of a fantastic podcast that deals with technology integration, and that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today how to encourage our teachers to bring tech integration. Now, if you happen to check out our episode last week, episode number 68, we gave you some tips and tricks to encourage, to entice, to enhance. Today, we're gonna be talking about some of those applications, but we're gonna do it just a little bit differently. You see, many times a teacher doesn't come up to us and say, share with me a brand new app. They instead come up and they say things like, I would love to have some map lessons in my class. I would love you to help me do something with video in my class. And so today, instead of focusing on the application, we're going to be focusing on the skill set and how you can help teachers create some amazing lessons and really help them take control of their digital classroom. And that is exactly why I'm also excited this month to be partnering with a fantastic company such as Dino. Now, when technology teams plan for technology integration it is crucial to think about how teachers will manage student devices distractions during classrooms but our friends at dynos know classroom management software and how it empowers teachers to teach with technology by enabling real-time visibility of student activity to identify off-task behavior and reflect that behavior with blocking or messaging it is a complete solution for your classroom. And additionally to that, Dino enables teachers to create blocking plans, facilitate formative assessments, and view student history after class. Now, the Dino team also understands that as a tech coach, the time you dedicate to professional development and maximizing instructional minutes is invaluable. So their software is here to help you empower your teachers to use devices in their classrooms to ensure their work and your work is maximized each and every single day. You see, Dyno defeats device distraction, so you have the confidence that your time and investment in learning technology is reaching its full potential. Help empower your teachers to embrace technology integration knowing that their students are on task during class. With Dino. To learn more, go over to dino.com or also, I wanted to share with you guys something awesome. This month, Dino is giving all of our listeners of the Ask the Tech Coach podcast a limited time free trial offer. Claim yours today over at teachercast.net slash dino. That's teachercast.net slash D Y K N O W. And now I got to say it has been a great month already in November. I just got back from a fantastic two days in Atlantic city at the New Jersey education association conference, the NJEA conference where I had the opportunity to once again, for the eighth year in a row, bring the teacher cast booth out there and had a chance to meet with so many great New Jersey educators, got a chance to meet so many people. We did everything eight sessions on Thursday and I did six sessions on Friday. It was amazing. I've never once left a conference, not able to speak. It was amazing. My throat was just throbbing at the end of it because it was so great to be able to talk. Literally. We went from nine o'clock or eight o'clock on Thursday, but nine o'clock on Friday, um, in the morning straight through to the end of the conference at five o'clock on both days. We did every single hour on the hour and I did a blog post about it. I put the link over in our show notes here over at episode number 69. And we did our favorite topics, how to get animated on Google slides, how to do uh, creative things with Google sites. But I got to tell you guys, I'm a little confused at this one because I put together a couple of our workshops that I've done here on teacher cast, but never did in a conference. And I got to tell you, I, I did them thinking that not many people would sign up for them. And what I'm talking about specifically are my entrepreneur, my edupreneur workshops. And I got to tell you, every single time I did an edupreneur workshop, it was packed. It was standing room only. And I got to say, that's pretty awesome that so many teachers are out there trying to build a side hustle, work for themselves, get a little bit of business for themselves but I couldn't help but think that this is where a lot of tech coaches are right you're in that position where you've got a wonderful gig as a tech coach but you've got this drive to be a consultant you've got this drive to do something with your google trainer badge your microsoft innovative educator trainership you've got that drive to do something that's going to bring a little bit of extra income for your family do something to help out not just your school district but more i gotta tell you guys that you are in there in that position check everything out over on build your we've got a fantastic website all designed for helping you put stuff together. And we've also got a brand new online course that you can sign up to over at buildyouredubrand.com. Now, my first guest today is a fantastic New Jersey educator who hails from the great state of Pennsylvania. He is a tech coach and a media specialist. I want to bring on today my good friend, Mr. Eric Guys, Eric, How are you today? Hey,
1: I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to being on your show for quite some time.
0: It is so great to have you here. Of course, we're going to talk a little bit about what you guys do on your podcast, but what is it like right now to be in the world of technology, media education? There are so many great things happening in the world of media literacy.
1: Absolutely. It's uh, fantastic. I mean, the amount of stuff that's out there right now can be overwhelming a little bit but it's also exciting because we get to explore as tech coaches all these amazing tools and we get to put them in the hands of our educators who will pass it down to our students and it's just uh it's an exciting time in education
0: and and the reason why i'm happy to and excited to have you on the show today is because just like many tech coaches you are in that position where you have a chance to help Teachers find that right technology. Maybe a teacher doesn't come to you and say, I want to learn Flipgrid, but they might come to you and say, I'm looking to bring video into my classroom.
1: Exactly. Uh, I think one of the things that we need to think about here as tech coaches is what we're trying to get out to these teachers. Uh, One thing I try to encourage every time I meet with a teacher to bring in technology into the classroom is first what are you doing in your class? And second, is this piece of technology going to enhance your lesson? And I always strongly encourage them to not use technology if it is not going to enhance the lesson. But if it is, I'm all about it.
0: Oh, absolutely. And We talk about that all the time here on Ask the Tech Coach. Doesn't mean that we have to be tech coaches. We are here to help out with the instruction, to enhance the curriculum, and that's why we're going to be talking today about those ways that we can encourage it, you know, really from the application side. I can't remember the last time a teacher said, can you show me Flipgrid? Right. I'm just going to go back to that example for a second there. Right. But you walk into a room and teachers might say, "Can you help me with video? Can you help me be help my students with a better writing activity? Is there a way that we can do something with maps in my social studies classroom?" So today, instead of focusing on the app, we're going to be focusing on the action. Now, before we started recording, Eric and I took our moments to to really come up with the questions that are going to answer what our teachers are asking today. Right. It's not anything different other than I want my students to be able to do, right? That's really this this big question here that we're going to be asking this month. How do we get our, our teachers to ask that question? What app does this skill? And and so we're just going to kind of go back and forth here. And, you know, the word communication comes up a lot, Eric. We talk about our students being good communicators. That could be anything but if somebody said to you, I, I'm trying to figure out how to teach my kids how to be more responsible, better communicators, better digital citizens, what are some of the apps out there that you might help the teacher find when it comes to, you know, just basic communication skills?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of them out there. Um, when we're communicating back and forth, you could go as simple as Google Docs. Uh, that That is a fantastic one. But I like to use Google Slides um, even more. Uh, we do this activity that is a big hit with all our teachers. Uh, It's kind of like a showcase. So we do this at the beginning of the school year or the beginning of a new course uh, midway through the semester where uh, we hand out numbers to every student as they walk into the classroom, and they get that number slide, and then they go and they get to develop something. And this is kind of a good way to get communication not only between teacher and student but with other students what who are they basically on each slide and they have like two minutes to go do that you could do this with any topic throughout the whole entire course
0: now when i think of easy communication apps i look at the one that maybe doesn't come to the mind right google classroom I've had a lot of teachers say to me, how do I do easy assessments? How do I do feedback? How do I teach the kids how to have communication with each other? And I say, have you ever used Google Classroom? And they said, I've never thought about doing it that way. And if you look at it, Google Classroom has a few different options, right? When you set up a classroom, you have the option to say, nobody can can. Can access the stream nobody can write on this or you can say students can comment only or you can say students can write and comment only and you know what for a, a walled garden for a closed environment that's already a part of your your educational environment here Creating a Google Classroom where kids can have those access to first comments and then write their own um, posts and pages and stuff like that—that's a really good place to start to do that little, you know, digital citizenship 101 training here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Anything where you could get that flow where kids are communicating back and forth and and where the teacher can kind of guide that discussion, uh, looking at their comments and. Expanding that uh, discussion using guided questions—that's that's absolutely amazing. Yeah.
0: Another one that I like to use, and we're, we might bring this one up a couple of times, is Padlet right padlet is another one of those you know very much you can set up a padlet embed it onto a google site and then again they can create their own posts you can create a post that they can respond to and then other people underneath can do a thumbs up or a star or yes or no or or they can always comment under it these are simple apps that i don't know about you eric but they're easy to use because a lot of teachers are already using them just maybe they haven't figured out a different way to use let's say a google doc other than using it as a word processor
1: exactly i mean finding ways to manipulate these apps to do something that you know it's not their main focus that that's the innovative part about our job that is uh awesome because if you could get a teacher to use an app that they've used and they feel comfortable uh in one way and then turn it around and use it in a different way they're still using that app they're still comfortable and that's. That's what I call a mega tool where, you know, that's a one stop shop almost for certain teachers where they could just manipulate one app in three different ways. And that's the ed tech that they use for the quarter for the year.
0: So let's, let's continue with that, right? Ways to communicate or ways to use apps in a way that teachers might not be thinking about. If I want my kids to be writers, right? I know for me, I always start with writing equals storytelling. And we've been a fan here for the last eight years of storyboard that. Creating basic cells, basic stories, basic, you know, pictures of what the action is going to be i think that's a great skill that can then transfer into some of the traditional writing apps what what would you say if a teacher came up and said i want my kids to do more writing but be a little bit more creative
1: so there are two apps that i really like the first one is pinup and pinup it's like a bulletin board and i would use this for pre-writing and we do this it's not just an english thing you could do this in before a student is going to write up their lab report in science, uh, before they're going to write up their research uh, report in history. So it's a tool that you can use anywhere. But basically, it's just one big corkboard. It's a digital corkboard where you could throw up different um, post-its and move them around. So I like to use them as a flow chart or what are my beginning, middle, and end of a a research uh, project or an essay. Uh, The other one that I really like is edgy.it. And I think sometimes as writers, we need to start by modeling uh, what we want our students to do. So one of the biggest things is proofreading. So uh, edgy, um, also known as edgy notes, it allows a teacher to bring in a PDF or a Google form, or you could just copy and paste a whole bunch of uh, words or an essay into edgy. And it allows all the students to take a look at that writing passage and comment on it. They could leave uh, voice notes. They could leave uh, text. And they could also put emojis there. So a lot of the students like emojis. If they like a certain part, they'll put a happy face. If it's uh, a part that needs work, they could put a frowned face and then write a comment there. So those are two that. I like to implement and a lot of teachers at our school like to implement.
0: Now we talked a little bit about writing here. I wanna flip sides here and talk about a little bit more of the, the video production side. I, I talk a lot about this on our podcasting show over at educationalpodcasting.com, but, but Eric, what do you talk about when it comes to video production? Cause there's so many things that are good, bad, free, paid, um, easy to use, great for elementary. What, what, is, what is your top video go to? mine personally is
1: screencast-o-matic and even more so now that they're becoming part of the google sphere uh, they're in um, they have their own extension which is very easy to use i prefer it over some of the other ones like loom and uh, screencastify just because of the editing features on it is amazing um, they're all amazing and uh, so screencast-o-matic is just that i mean you screencast they get done with that they edit it and then they throw it out to youtube or their google drive and it's just that simple and it's so powerful you could use it at the beginning middle or end of your classes just as check-in points to see where they are and to get a little bit of feedback
0: and and i'm glad that you mentioned that because screencast-o-matic screencastify these are all great ways to create quick video and put them into your google drive for free
1: yeah free is uh, awesome in the world of education uh and the quality of it is superb for that price
0: now you had mentioned editing tell me a little bit about it i'm not i I haven't really used screencast-o-matic i know if we're just going to compare those two screencastify has some editing editing capabilities but it really that's the that's the premium version that's not the free version
1: yeah, I mean, they both have freemiums and premiums uh, that you could go with. I'm used to the Screencast-O-Matic. I do have the premium. Um, however, I could tell you that, you know, for me, Screencast-O-Matic is a one-stop shop. It allows me to uh, record one slide and have the PowerPoint, like, right there in front of me, but it also allows me to highlight around the PowerPoint. So if I want to have it in presentation mode, but I only want to uh, record the slide itself, I can do that in Screencast-O-Matic. That's one thing I love about it. Another thing is is the editing tool, such as you could do um, scripting or closed captioning uh, on Screencast-O-Matic. You could do some post-production, like highlighting or zooming in Uh, So if you're typing a website into the URL bar, um, you can take the magnifying glass and make that URL big uh, so people, your viewers can see it very easily. So there's just a lot of little tools that are pretty amazing about Screencast-O-Matic that I really like.
0: Now one of the things that always comes up from teachers here is free versus paid and especially and i wanted to bring this up in the video container here because a lot of times with the free it's i'm going to record and i'm going to save and maybe sometimes there's a few different things in there but when it comes to like professional level video editors you know i use final cut some people use um you know adobe premiere I, I tend to leave those out of the educational realm um but the two that are big for education of course are we video and camtasia and i'll even throw screen flow in there too because i really I, I think that they're good they're just not that, that you know TechSmith isn't Sorry, Telestream isn't really focused on education the way TechSmith is. But what's your thought on this one here? Paid video, not paid video? Um, I guess it really depends on the teacher and the course that you're teaching.
1: Yeah, it really does. I mean, one, one thing that you want to, as a teacher is you don't want to take time away from the content or away from the project for, you know, simple things that you could get Out of a free version what i mean by that is uh you really want to focus on the tech tools that allow the teacher to get what they need to get from the students for the students to really take a control of that project and value it because what they're pushing out is something that they think is professional and that's all about the the value of the tech tool And mine is WeVideo, that's a great example. It is a freemium and I'm not afraid of a watermark and neither are the students. Uh, You could use WeVideo to do something in five minutes where Camtasia or ScreenFlow, you might take 25 minutes for that same, same thing. Now, is the quality in Camtasia gonna be better? Absolutely, but in education you don't need to push it that far in a classroom and teachers do not want their students taking uh 25 minutes for something that they should be able to get done in five
0: you know eric i know on your podcast over at gottech.com you guys talk about a variety of topics and i know one of the things that you guys focus on and have an amazing series of resources on are breakout rooms and i'm going to be putting a link on our show notes here about creating digital escape rooms would you say that a digital escape room is a great way to introduce technology to teachers who you know might be looking for that tech coach to come in maybe take over a class model a couple things show off what is it about digital escape rooms that's just one of those great little um, you know lessons that a tech coach can do to help out their teachers
1: well digital escape rooms are fantastic because they they're free as long as you uh, host it on um Google, I I use new Google sites, but the opportunity to throw out uh, specific content is on that of the creator of that digital escape the room. So yeah, it would be a fantastic way of throwing out um, different pieces of ed tech to our teachers because, hey, they're playing a game while they're learning about uh, technology and then by learning about technology, they're seeing how it could be used in the classroom, and from that, you know our teachers are very uh, are very smart. They can look at a piece of technology and kind of get ideas as they use it. So, digital escape rooms are fantastic, not only for in the classroom with students, but for professional development for teachers as well.
0: And again, I know you guys have a great resource. I'm taking a look at it right now. We're going to leave the link onto that. If you're looking to bring breakout EDU and digital escape rooms into your classrooms, I will leave the link here in our show notes. This is Ask the Tech Coach episode number 69. And you know, when it comes to things like digital breakouts, when it comes to things like communication, it really does talk about safety, right? Teaching your students to say the right things, not be rude, not be mean to each other and give each other the opportunity to learn, breathe and grow. And so when we're looking at things like social media, that's a very controversial topic. I believe that social media is something that should be taught, you know, even in the early grades, because look, even my six-year-olds are now exposed to things like Facebook and Twitter, and we want to teach them the right ways. I'm bringing this up because I've noticed a couple things on Facebook about the app TikTok. Are you familiar with TikTok?
1: I've seen the little 30-second, like, I guess, digital commercials on it, but Mm -hmm. I've never used it myself.
0: Now, if you ask your students what TikTok is, they say it's an application where people dance. And, you know, that's an interesting way of looking at it. And then the other day I was talking to a a few people about it and they they had some interesting ideas. And I thought, okay, let me check this out. And I happened to run into a YouTube video featuring Gary Vee and his whole thing was these social media platforms are anything that you want them to be. So if other people are doing dancing videos and other people are putting breakfast videos, there's no reason why you can't put out an edtech video or a how-to video or or anything else like that. You know, basically you be you and and conform the social to it, not you conforming yourself to that social. I think that's a good lesson for us, but mostly for our students of how to actually be safe, be working with it, and how to, you know, that whole digital citizenship is is, is always right there on the forefront of what should be on all of our lessons.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I, I think the best way to teach our students how to act in the real world is to bring the real world into the classroom. And I think that social media is just a part of that. I mean, if, if a student misbehaves i rather than misbehave on social media within the boundaries of my classroom so if i can make a social media platform private just to my classroom we could use that as an educational moment Uh, so i would not shy away from using these uh, semi-public spaces of social media depending on the boundaries of the school um, and use them as teaching moments because like i said If they put something out on the Facebook where it's public, it's out there for good. If they put that um, on a social media platform that you could contain to a private mode, well, then we could use those as learning experiences. So I wouldn't
0: shy away from that now we have two more topics here I want to bring up Eric one of them is is graphic artists right being, being something that you can put on paper or on a canvas and share it off and also a little bit about digital organized but before we get to that I want to remind you guys that next month in December it is all about you we're looking to have tech coach stories if you'd like to be featured here on Ask the Tech Coach please reach out to us either on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach or email us over at feedback at teachercast.net we would love to have you on this show and feature you and your and your tech coaching journey we would love to know what you guys are up to so check us out over on askthetechcoach.com we would love to have you guys as part of our show next month in december now eric when we're talking a little bit about graphic artists there's a lot of stuff we've already mentioned a few google slides is one of my favorite graphic tools and i'll even do an aside and say google drawings Because really, drawings and slides, same exact application minus a few features here or there. But you've got a few that I've never heard of. What are some of your favorite graphic applications?
1: So uh, one of my favorites, I I use Canva a lot, uh, but one that's similar to that just gives me a a little bit more variety is uh, VisMe, V-I-S-M-E. It does pretty much the same thing that Canva does, but when it comes to infographics and timelines and stuff like that, I feel like that just takes it a step further. Uh, so I really like that one. I am not what you call a graphically um, above average guy. I am pretty terrible in the graphics department. So Vice me allows me to be somewhat normal uh, and accepted in a community of professionals. So I really appreciate that one. Um, another thing about me is I always shared a classroom. So I kind of like that. I was when I taught science, I, I had five different classrooms, which means I was the guy that was in there for one period a day. while you know, whoever was the main teacher in that classroom, they were in there for four or five periods a day, which means I had um, no responsibility to do bulletin boards. But I will tell you that a lot of teachers are fantastic bulletin board people. And uh, the Pablo extension is that bulletin board professional looking uh, digital device that in the graphics um, arts department. So if you have a quote that you really like, it allows you to go into Pablo, um, put that quote, and it will give you a whole bunch of pictures that you can, you know, rest that quote on top. And it's it takes two seconds and you have yourself a picture with a motivational quote. You can do the opposite as well. You could find the picture first and then go out and get the quote. Uh, but either way, the Pablo extension allows you to do that. Um, you can use this as clever ways to pull your students into the classroom. Uh, we talked earlier about storytelling and narrative and how important that is. Well, you could easily put a narrative on a on a uh, picture make it look real nice and then the students are immediately engaged with that the uh, last one is called photo funya this is one of my absolute favorites i could take a picture of me and i could put it on the side of a building in new york city and all it takes for me to do is upload that that picture and it does everything for you Uh, i could put my face in a cup of coffee like my face will be the. The, the froth of a cup of coffee, which, uh, you know, that's probably a scary thing to wake up to in the morning. But um, Photofunia is just another one to personalize your classroom a little bit. Get them to know that you're not just there to hound over them. You're there because you're a human being that cares about your students and it allows them to know a little bit more about you. But those three awesome tools.
0: I will definitely be checking out those as we go through the next couple days. They look like great ones. I, I just put Pablo on my Chrome extension. Um, and you know, I, again, I, as far as graphic work, I usually show off Canva. It's, it's, it's kind of the norm now for everybody. I will tell you, it's one of the few applications I actually pay the pay the premium for. Um, because I just think it's, it's amazing in what it does. And it does offer a whole bunch of you know stock footage and, you know, basically every graphic that you see from teacher cast is done on Canva. So, Let's talk about the last one here, right? Because this is really where I find a lot of teachers have a need just as much as students have the need. You know, we talked at the top of the show that I was uh, doing one of my favorite sessions this past weekend at the NJEA convention called Stop Dropping, Get Organized. All about keeping your Google Drive organized, your Gmail organized, digital organization, First of all, let me put you on the spot here, Eric. Is this something that you struggle with as a tech coach? Do you find ways? Do you you find it difficult being organized?
1: Uh, I will tell you, my other half of the podcast, Nick, is way better at it. I like to say that my head is a storage locker of organization, but he actually writes everything out. Um, I'd say that I improved on it. This is almost like a job interview question. What's like one thing that you are weak at? And then you spin it to make it seem like you're adequate at it and this would be that that topic for me um i am organized i'm getting better at being organized but i'll never be nick johnson I will tell you that right now.
0: Well, there's a lot of things that we can do out there. I have been ever since I think it was 2012 a big fan of Evernote. Now I, I will start here because this is more of a, a professional, personal thing for staying organized, not something I would set up my students for. But uh, you know, Evernote is a great way to keep everything organized, and I'll I I I I pause at calling it a cousin, but OneNote right? These are two, two very similar applications. You can put anything in there, your text, your photos, your videos, your files, your whatever, organize it. It's online. All of those things, Evernote and OneNote are, are amazing digital organizers, but you've got a few more that are great for students.
1: Uh, you know, one of my favorites is new Google sites. Um, every single time we make some type of a project, or if I work with a teacher and they have their own teacher site, We make uh, that Google site to go along with every project, and we just attach it to the Google site. Uh, The other one is Wakelet. Uh, Wakelet is fantastic. Um, I'm just thinking of a Wakelet that I just uh, helped a teacher make uh, in the English realm of things. And two sites that I were introduced to, um, I have to bring this up because they're absolutely fantastic everyone's heard of purdue al i'm sure uh me not being in the english background i found that one uh with this teacher and it is amazing it just gives you everything you need to know about writing but the other one that i love is uh north carolina chapel hill uh, their library uh has this thing if you need to write a lit review it has exactly how to do that and it gives you examples just right there if you're doing A narrative essay, it has everything you need there, character development, everything you need. So those are two uh, resources that we put in our Wakelet collection. And then we had another four or five more and we sent it out to the whole English department. And now they're using it as a curated resource for all their students to use when they're stuck on an assignment and they can't get a hold of their teacher, which is amazing. (laughs)
0: That is such a great story. And we want to know what your stories are. If you're out there and you've got a story about any of these great applications or different ones, we would love to know how you're being a great tech coach in your school district. Check us out next month is all about tech coach stories. We would love to hear from you. Now, Eric, talk to us a little bit about some of the things that you and Nick are doing this month on the got tech podcast. Where can we learn more about it? And how do we subscribe? So we, first of
1: all, you could go to our website and you could get anything that I'm about ready to tell you right now. And that's uh, www.gottech.com. We are on any major podcast uh, area where you can subscribe. So please go out and subscribe to us. And lately we've been on a student-centered learning kick. So we went through pretty much every single element to student-centered learning, every piece of ed tech tool category involved in student-centered learning and we went into setting up our episodes basically we talk about that element we talk about it to tools that follow in that element and then we give you some real life examples of how you as the teacher can implement those tech tools into an actual activity so check us out
0: and i certainly recommend that it's certainly an episode that i check out every single week as I'm driving to school. Now, Eric, as we move forward here, there's a lot of great things that are going on. We just got done our conference, but it's not going to be long before it becomes ISTE season the topic on a lot of tech coaches' minds are around professional development. As a tech coach, are there things that you look for in professional development that you're looking to learn? Are there sessions out there that maybe, you know, as you go to big conferences, again, we just got done the, the NJA conference. What are you looking to learn as a tech coach? What 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 is going to help you out in your job? So one of the
1: biggest things in the tech coach realm is How can we as tech coaches more effectively reach our audience, which are our teachers? How can we meet them where most of the teachers that work with us either are comfortable but want more ideas? Or they're very what I call tech uncomfortable, which means, you know, they might be okay at using tech, but they're scared that maybe when they do implement it into their classroom, uh, something could go wrong and they wouldn't know how to react to that. So my thing is is I just want to go find more tools, more resources at how I could bridge that gap between the tech comfortable and the tech uncomfortable.
0: I think that is a great topic and certainly something that I'm sure out there you're listening, you've got some ideas for. Reach out to us over here on Ask the Tech Coach and of course visit com. We would love to know what kind of PD you guys would like to do as we continue to build out our editorial calendar for the remainder of 2019 and into 2020 eric i want to say thank you so much for coming on the show today continue all the great work on your podcast over at gottech.com. where are great places that people can find you
1: uh like i said you could find us on our uh our website and which will list where we're going to be next uh we are are going to be at the library conference of New Jersey. Um, we're also going to be at NJECC um, in f- January, February, January. yeah. And then we're going to be, we're going to be down in South Jersey at the gifted and talented conference.
0: That is a great thing. And uh, certainly check them out, check out their podcast. And we would love to, again, hear from you guys as we go through and that wraps up episode number 69 of ask the tech coach don't forget to check out our good friends over at Dino. you can find them online at dyno.com that's d-y-k-n-o-w.com and tell them that teacher cast sent you so on behalf of eric here on everybody on the teacher cast educational network my name is jeff bradbury reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students